0: Hey! Thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Y'all got too much of the Kirkles coffee out there, isn't it fabulous? Man, they're doing—they're crushing it. Uh, I am so excited to be here with you guys. And um, I truly believe I have a, a word from God. Um, just to let you guys in on, we didn't have like a meeting, like, hey, what, what are you going to talk about in this session? What am I going to talk about in this session? And so I think it's so beautiful, but you know what we do have? We have the one spirit within us. And so Pastor Becky, your word, that little, that little spanking to wake us up, to build, Hey, we gotta build a secure, strong, unshakable foundation. And then Pastor Emma, this morning, your word. Oh my goodness. Now, hey, we need to build something. What are we building? We're building a wall. We are building a strong foundation. And this word that I feel like God has imparted in me is, is just tailing in into that. And so thank you to our speakers. And tonight, Pastor Jesse, I am so excited. Oh my goodness, I am so excited. And so uh, what, we're, what we're gonna do is I'm just gonna pray because uh, we all need Jesus, <laughs> myself included. Okay, so um, Father, we come before you right now and, and we just simply say your will be done. Father, I, I submit to you the, the works of the, my hands and the meditation of my heart. And Father, I pray that you would anoint every word Holy Spirit, speak a thousand more messages than I'm even capable of. And I simply submit it to you. We submit our hearts to you, Lord. uh, And we say, do something new in us. Create a secure, strong foundation in us. Lord, we desire that. We want that. And so we say yes and amen, Father, for what you have for us right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, high five somebody on your way to your seat or as you're sitting down. Look at that. Nice, I didn't even see you high-five anybody. <laughs> but that's okay, so, all right. So this word that I have, um, it's, it's pretty different. So uh, not different in a sense that like I have not done this quite often, and so I feel like I don't really know what is like the mode or what's the not mode. And so what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna play a little game, and don't panic, don't panic, because it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little trivia game, okay? Um, but when somebody asked me, hey, you know, just in conversation, what do you think about or what comes to your mind when you, th- when you hear unshakable? And somebody from the Bible immediately came to my mind, okay, immediately came to my mind. And, you, and I know what you're thinking. You probably think I'm like this good Christian that's like, oh, of course she's going to think Jesus. Like, Jesus is the unshakable one. I'm not. I'm not a good Christian. I did not think of Jesus. Um, <laughs> so this is a trivia. Who did I think of? okay. Well, don't, don't just say of random names. And for those of you that have seen my notes or know, don't ruin it for the rest of us. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just start out with some general information. And as the time goes on, if you guys don't guess it, which I'm really hoping you guys do in a reasonable amount of time, I'll get more specific. Okay, so this is a person in the Bible, it's a man. It is, he is in the New Testament. He was, not Jesus, he, like I said, uh, he was one of the 12 disciples, okay, nope. He was one of the earliest called disciples, okay, nope, okay. Uh, he was part of Jesus' in-crowd. So Jesus had like an in-crowd, nope, nope. John, good job! So he was part of the in-crowd, So uh, so this disciple, John, we're gonna look at the disciple John, who is the author of the Gospel of John, who then later became the Apostle John. That is who we're gonna kind of look and nitpick to like get an idea on like, God, God what does this mean? Or how does this look like for me? Um, because he's actually a pretty significant guy. So like I said, a disciple of Jesus is just a learner. It's just another name for a learner. So he learned from Jesus and he's an author of one of the Gospels, amongst some other books, um, and, and then he became an apostle. And so in the, understand that in that first century time in the early church, an apostle was somebody who, who had simply actually seen the risen Jesus. He had seen the resurrected Jesus, and he was carrying that message and preaching the gospel. Okay, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at, and I'm gonna provide a little bit of context, But remember, this is John writing. We're going to look at part of his scripture that he writes. And in ancient times, when an author would oftentimes omit themselves, like they wouldn't name themselves, but they would talk about themselves in a way. So I want you to get this. So here's our first scripture. Our first scripture is at the Last Supper, and it's at John 13 23. And it says this So the Last Supper, Jesus is about to go to, to the cross, he's talking with his disciples. And so it says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, so he's like laying on his chest, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Okay, that's like, it's a little bold, okay? <laughs> like, you're kind of, okay, kind of pompous. Okay, but now let's look at another portion of scripture. So this is after Jesus has gone to um, the cross, died, and this is now after the resurrection, okay? So... The disciples are meeting together and Jesus kind of just shows up on the scene. And it says, um, this is not the right one. Wait, nope. Oh, I'm sorry, this is the right one, sorry. So this is after the resurrection, right. So this is actually after uh, Jesus is not in the tomb and Mary goes and she's like, hey guys, he's not in the tomb. And so this is that scripture and it says, so Jesus ran and he came, she came to Simon Peter and the other disciple who Jesus loved And said to them, they've taken away the Lord out of our tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. And if you continue reading throughout scripture, this is actually only two of the five times that John kind of like puts himself on this like beloved pedestal where he actually, if you talk to like scholars, he's actually referred to as John the Beloved. And so there's something significant I think that he's trying to show us and that we have we can understand, like we can love Jesus, right? Like somebody that's gonna pay my debt, that somebody that's gonna like heal me, do, these, do these, all of these things for me, I think we can have this like conviction for the love of Jesus, but I think what John is really sharing with us is that he wasn't just convicted in the love of Jesus, but he was convicted in the love of Jesus, not only for Right? And so he, the first thing, my first point in that John, see, that he shows us is that he was convicted in love, in both the receiving and of the giving. And like I said, there's, there's many other instances throughout the Bible where John reveals to us this conviction that he has. And so he was, my point again, he was convicted in the love for Christ and in the love of Christ. And so there's this like firm foundation kind of attitude that you have to have with God that you are loved. Yeah. This sounds so crazy. And I don't know if anybody else is out there like me, but I love the question, why? And so when Eli tells me he loves me, I kind of give him this like, why? <laughs> and all the time, we're nine years in and I'm still <laughs> asking him, why? And I think that's a translatable struggle that we as women, because it can come from our past, it can come from abuse, it can come from something horrible in our life that we have this question as to like, why are you loving me? And oftentimes, those seeds that were sown in the past, we, tra- we project them on, the- on our God, and we view God through that lens. And so, I know I struggle with this. Not just with my husband, as I've mentioned, but I know I can struggle with this because I'm, I'm a sinner. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gross sometimes, I smell. I say the wrong things. I literally stuck my foot, in, or my foot in my mouth like how many times and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I said that. Let me rephrase this. I harbor bitterness in my heart when I know I'm not supposed to. I don't forgive. When I should, and I hold on to it, and I want to have a pity party, I I have hatred towards somebody, and I don't realize that that's murdering them in my heart. I I know how I am, so God, you're saying you you love me, you love me, and as as an an, an unshakable woman, we can, we can no longer carry that throughout our life. We can no longer because understand. God, knowing all things, paid the sacrifice of sending his son Jesus. It's the gospel message. And so, to me, I'm like, I I get it. I get it. I understand those words. But do I have that conviction in my heart that I am loved? I am loved by the God who sent his son who paid the price to have a loving relationship, not a transactional, hey, do this for me and I'll do this for you. God is not this like some massive big spiritual vending machine where it's like, hey, you need to put in like 15 minutes of prayer and then I'll love you or you need to come. He, he already paid the sacrifice for the love of relationship. That is our first layer. We're going a little bit taller, okay? The next thing that we see that John that John does, and, and, and this can get somewhat, depending on your church history and maybe some of the teaching or pneumatology or teaching of the Holy Spirit that you've experienced, this can sometimes get scary. But John also continues in spirit. If you continue to read John's story, and we're gonna read a little bit more of it, but he doesn't just get... Just this measure of Holy Spirit, and um, and oh, I'm good now. I'm good now. But he continues in spirit; he repeatedly gets infilled by the Holy Spirit. And so, the first thing that we're going to look at, and uh, this is in what what John. This also is in John. Okay. So this is actually this is where I was thinking I was before when. <laughs> I, like, didn't know the right verse I was at. So this is where I was thinking. So this is when the disciples are, like, gathered together. Jesus, like, pops in the room, and he's like, hey, peace be still, because, I mean, he literally just shows up in the room in the flesh. So he has to tell them, like, chill, chill. Okay, peace be still. So after they believe, this is what happens. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And I believe this is that measure that the, Holy, that, the, that the Bible talks about that we get when we have salvation. There's a measure of the Holy Spirit that assures our salvation, and that's that, okay? But then, if you continue on in scripture, I know there's a lot, guys. Just, just come with me, okay? Okay, just come with me. Okay, so then after this, we're in the book of Acts now, okay? Acts 2, the, the, now we're in with Acts 2, 4, and it says, all of them were filled, sorry, let me recap, day of Pentecost. This is what we're referring to. Context is, uh, disciples, again, were praying in a room, uh, thunder and wind what we just read about, or saying about, song, saying, whatever word it is, what we just sang about, that comes. And it says, all of them are filled with the Holy Spirit and gonna speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, so there's this, there's this second measure of the Holy Spirit that John, he's a part of the disciples. And I know a lot of times, like when we read about the day of Pentecost or like when we talk about it, you know, after Easter and all this kind of stuff, uh, Peter gets Peter gets mentioned a lot, right? Like we know Peter's the one who came up and he he's the one that, did the preaching and the thousands were saved. But if you read that portion of scripture, it also tells us that Peter stood up with the 11 others. And so John was there. John also was a testimony of what the Holy Spirit was doing at that time. So, side note, I want to reassure you that the Holy Spirit doesn't come and change who you are because John is there throughout the full whole transitions and lifestyle of Jesus, but you don't actually hear much about him. He speaks maybe one or two times, and actually that's where he like puts his foot in his mouth, and like Jesus is like, okay, don't do that. Um, but you don't hear that John speaks a lot, but he's always there, but Peter is speaking all the time. So the Holy Spirit didn't come and change who John was. The Holy Spirit came and just empowered John in whatever facet that God had created him to be to be John, okay? So Peter should, yeah, he preached, he gets all the credit, but I wanna, I wanna tear down this fear of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is gonna come make you some, one that you're not, <laughs> baseline. He's gonna come make you this, this weirdo that's not gonna be able to translate to people because I'm just speaking another language all the time. How is anybody gonna talk to me? That's, that's not what we're talking about, okay? The Holy Spirit comes and God has made you so perfectly for a divine purpose. The Holy Spirit comes to empower that very thing for you to live as he has created you to glorify our Lord. So I'm sorry, there's, there's not a lot of things that like you can do other than like, like full on heresy or some ridiculous things that like if you're being who you are and who God has created you to be, that's glorifying God. With the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's our second. That's our second layer. So our first layer is what we are convicted in love. Okay, this the first layer is convicted in love. The second layer is that we are continuing or continues in the Spirit, and the second layer. Sorry, third. Thanks, guys. Um. Oh, hold on. Yeah. So the second layer, or sorry, guys, I'm so sorry. Numbers, numbers are not my strong suit. Okay, where was I? So we did that, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to the third layer yet. Sorry, you're getting a little bit more. Okay, you're getting a little bit more of the Holy Spirit, and that works. Okay, so this is what happens after he continues in spirit. So that was the, sorry, that was the second layer of the Holy Spirit. The third layer of the Holy Spirit is where I'm going Uh, Okay, here's the third layer of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, we just learned that the Holy Spirit comes at the day of Pentecost. Keep on reading a little bit more. Acts 4 is when Peter and John are going to the temple and they heal this guy. They get pulled before the chastenedron, so it's kind of like... um, Our government plus your church government, like put together, and they get like dragged into the court, beaten in jail, you know, all this like ridiculous persecution. And so, what happens is they get threatened, hey, don't be talking about this guy Jesus. Like, they couldn't really do anything because the guy that they had known that was paralyzed for 40 years was standing right there. So, they're like, uh, we want to kill you for doing that, but he's alive. And so, Just don't do it anymore, and this is what happens, okay? They immediately go, they immediately go to their friends and they pray, and this is what happens. Acts 4.31 says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They literally just were told to not speak the word of God. What had it what should have shaken them? They got beaten, they got thrown into jail. What should have shaken them? They they wouldn't they didn't allow it. And it's because they allowed they they took it in the moment. They didn't run from it. They took it. They went and prayed with their friends. Community is important. And then the Holy Spirit fell again. So there is this continuation in the Holy Spirit that we have to, like guys, like I'm, I can have the best Sunday in the morning, in the Sunday morning, and I can have the best worship, and man, like I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and halfway home, I'm screaming at my kids to stop hitting themselves, and I have, I have this spirit of anger and frustration <laughs> singing sweet baby Jesus to the person in front of me. That is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Anybody else have road rage? Am I the only one that has road rage? I have horrible road rage. You know, so sideline or side note again, like 50-mile radius, 10-mile radius, I always got to check myself. (laughs) I got to check myself before I get into the church because I might be following one of you guys in, and so so I don't want to like, you know, give you a piece of my road rage and then be on Sunday morning like, good morning, like, oh, snap, like... (laughs) That has literally been my fear. So, if it, if I ever do that to you, just do it and do it. Come, come and rebuke me, please. Come and rebuke me because I need to grow in this. Uh, just don't do it when I'm at, I'm doing MC or something like that because that would be that would be kind of scary. So. So yeah. So the point is, is that we need we need to just be okay, guys. That we're human, and that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many times a day I pray for the Holy Spirit to help me in whatever moment I am in. And that's also, I think, one of the things where, like, we think, oh, yeah, I need the Holy Spirit when I'm singing about it. And then, like, you need need the Holy Spirit when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. (laughs) Okay, when you are putting away the 15th load of laundry... You need the Holy Spirit when you're trying to figure out what freaking dinner I'm supposed to make because I feel like I'm making the same thing over and over. You need the Holy Spirit when you're at your job. I worked I worked at a grocery store for almost 10 years. You need the Holy Spirit in customer service. Okay, you need the Holy Spirit in childcare. You, you need the Holy Spirit in every aspect of your life. The question is, are we praying for it? Are we earnestly seeking the Holy Spirit? And then, not just asking about it, but then receiving the Holy Spirit, okay? Because that, I believe, is, that's the second layer. So the first layer, we are convicted in love, we continue in spirit, and the second layer, and it's not my point, but I will tell you the point, but the thing that we get from John, though, that he shares with us, is that he's actually a case for us? Okay, he's an example for us. If you understand, uh, or if you have followed me in this crazy trail that I have presented to you, um, if you have followed me, uh, you can see that that John wasn't perfect. Okay, he was he was being who he was. Okay, he was he was a human just like we are, and so his example to us is one that that I feel like is a little bit more attainable, I don't know if that's anybody else, where it's like, okay, I can, I can kind of be like somebody else, which we don't live in that, like I said, the Holy Spirit's not gonna come and change you, and that's not our goal, is to be some other person. But I do think that there is a power, and there, there's an availability, and honestly, a humility to being a disciple, to being a learner, essentially. Like, you know, I'm a disciple of Jesus, but I can learn from anybody. I, I, that is my heart's cry is that I can learn from anybody, no matter where they're at in the journey, no matter what, like, I believe, if I believe everybody is made for a purpose, how can I assign somebody a purpose, I'm not God, so I want to be able to be receptive of people, and so John's, John's case for us is that when you look at John's life, did you know that John was the only disciple to have not died a martyr? Judas killed himself after he betrayed Jesus, but let's sweep that on the rug. <laughs> they, they, anoy- they appointed another disciple, so there was always 12 disciples, but all the other 11 died a martyr. But it wasn't because that John didn't try. John, John got persecuted just as much, if not more. They tried to kill John. It's actually said, it's written about that a Roman emperor, Domitian, actually pulled John to the Colosseum and, try- and boiled him alive. Boiled him alive in oil, not water, okay? Oil, boiled him alive in water. And John refused to die. So it wasn't that they didn't try to kill him. He just refused to die. After Domitian tries to, or after he tries to boil John, John preaches the gospel in the hot tub of oil. And it said, it said that at Colosseum, 30,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. 30,000. As he was being boiled alive, and he got, the emperor got so mad, that's when he got sent to Patmos. You don't need to be a Bible scholar, but Patmos is where John received the revelation. The book of revelation that's at the back of your Bible, that book, that's when he receives that revelation of who Christ is, who our God is. And so he's a case for us in that we have a purpose. We have a mission that is on our life that if we have an understanding, if we have, if we have this conviction of love, if we have the Holy Spirit within us, and if we have this understanding, this, this ownership of the purpose that God has had in our life, how can we not be unshakable when the world comes against us, when, when the enemy comes against us, when we are finding difficulty in our life from left to right, things are going on like right here, this is happening in my life right here, all of these things, how can we not be unshakable? Because understand, at the base of all of this is the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so do you you wanna know what the best argument against death is in your life? The best argument against giving up on something in your life or giving up on your life is a mission, is a purpose. Is that no devil, I am not done here on earth. No enemy, I have a purpose written on my heart because I am breathing still. I am breathing. Can sound, it can sound kind of heavy, and it sounds like it's, this is like for the, like the A, A team, the Christians like that have the mic all the time, that sing on the stage. I don't believe that, one second. I don't believe that because I've had the honor and the privilege to walk with people. I've been privileged to have conversations with some of you guys. And some of the things that you guys, that we've walked through, that was a shakening. It should have shaken us. It did. That's not, it's not new. And I believe that every single person that, claim, that 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 professes Jesus Christ as Lord can be just as strong as whoever you have in your mind is like the number one Christian. Like there is no number one Christian. I'm sorry to break it to you. There is no number one Christian. We are part of the same body. We have this same value. The Bible talks about the 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 body of Christ being a body, and. I don't, there's a lot of doctors, or some doctors in here, but I think when we have an ignorance of the value of our toenails, that actually gives us balance, we think walking only is attributed to our hips or our legs. And not that I wanna tell anybody that they're a toenail, but I, but I, (laughs) but I feel like you might think you are. And I wanna rebuke that lie off of you in the name of Jesus, that you don't have value. This is just a message for those Christians. Because ladies, you came here, you come to a church, you come to whatever event, and you sing his praises. You're calling upon the creator of our universe the creator of your body, the creator of your life, of what we understand to be this, whatever this is. He is the creator, he's the healer. You call upon his name and I would never want anybody and for any second for anybody to not know the love that God has for them, the power available, the empowerment available that you have available by the Holy Spirit and the dismissal of the purpose that God has ever had on your life. This will never be that house. This will never be that house. I will believe in you, I will champion you, but I cannot do it for you. I will be your biggest cheerleader. I I will tell you, I will tell you the things until I'm blue in the face. but I can't, I can't force you to believe it. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask that, just take a chance with me, take a chance with me, and whether you feel like it or not, I'm gonna ask you to do me this favor. In any of these areas, whether it's you feel like, I, I honestly don't feel like God loves me, and I wanna, ha- I, I wanna know what that feeling is. Like, I literally don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Okay or you're another boat. Okay. I understand, but like I don't feel like I have the Holy Spirit. Like or maybe I did at one point, but I like don't really know where he went. Or I don't know why I'm here ever about anything. So the chance that I want you to take is that we can call upon our God and he gives that to you in this moment. He gives you that whatever you need whatever word it was that you get it in this moment. And so the chance is, is that if that is you, I want you to stand. Simply stand, stand to your feet. And if you want any level of that, I am gonna pray and believe. And you know what? I'm sorry, but I'll have enough faith for you. Just give me a seed, just give me a seed. Just the smallest little seed, just give me a seed. Okay, you standing up, you are receiving it. That is your chance. Okay, so church, pray with me, but I'm leading, okay? So just come with me. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the word, your truth, your love, and your grace, Lord God. God, and I come... I come before you in the name of Jesus as a representation for every lady in this room, whether they stood or not. Lord, I pray before you right now as a representation as their leader, and I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would come and fall afresh and just as a perfect gentleman would be. You come and you stand before each and every woman's heart right now, and you mirror, Father, the love of Jesus, the, the grace of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. You mirror them and look them straight into the eyes, into their heart and into their mind, Lord, and you speak, Father, the love of God into their mouth, into their ears, to their eyes, to every sense, Lord. God, and I pray right now that a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit would come, Father, that anybody that has dry bones in their body right now, Father, I speak the Holy Spirit to bring life and love and truth and righteousness. Father, I pray right now for every woman who has ever questioned their purpose, for every woman who has given up on themselves, who has even attempted suicide, I speak in the name of Jesus Christ, that spirit of death be gone in the name of Jesus. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ, your purpose, your divine purpose. And I pray, Holy Spirit, speak the words, speak the truth, like only you can move in their life, Lord God. And I pray, I pray and I trust you, Lord God, and so I submit to you every life, every heart in this auditorium right now, Lord God. We look to you as the author and perfecter of our faith, Lord God, and I say yes and amen to every purpose, every spirit-empowered woman in this place. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.